friends. We live in a world where certain things are consistently discussed and debated. And one of those topics that always comes up is what is wisdom? What is hikmah? What is wisdom? What does it mean to say that a person is wise? What does it mean to say that a person has got and is imbued with wisdom? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also defines wisdom. Now when we look at worldly definitions of what wisdom may mean, they will talk more about experience. That if a person knows how to make two into four very quickly, he's a wise man. If a person knows his way and is able to navigate his way quickly in a certain part of the world, in a certain territory, from point A to point B, oh, in terms of travel, that's a very wise man. If a person is able to advise you that invest here, don't invest there, and take out at this time, and keep at this time, well, he's a very wise man. All these definitions of wisdom are true, but in a particular limited sense. They are true in the sense of the experience of the world. And there's a place and there's a time for it. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not deny the usage or the benefit of this world. But where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consistently speaks about wisdom in the Quran, whether in reference to people or whether in a reference to himself, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all wise, all knowledgeable, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not necessarily referring to the wisdom and the practicality or the, or the experience of the world. Because that people will have. Muslims have it, non-Muslims have it. You lost in a certain part of the world, your GPS or your map can't guide you to point A to point B. You, you roll your window down and this person here looks like a local fellow. is not necessarily a Muslim. Shares with you a bit of his wisdom. Now that can be the forte and the experience of anybody for that matter. You've got a certain sum of money, you want to put it somewhere. The person who comes to advise you, whether it's from the institution or sent to you and referred to you by a private individual, may not necessarily be a Muslim. That is experience, which Allah Ta'ala does not deny. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that if you do not know, you ask the person who knows. And the person who knows may not necessarily be from your background and your community. But that is not the wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to consistently in the Quran. Now that wisdom which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about is discussed in detail in one surah. Wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and refers to and speaks about a particular personality. Which at this time, as we are approaching the end of the year, we are approaching a period of time wherein schools and and, and there'll be more interaction with one's children, hopefully, in the next one or two months or one or two weeks for that matter. The issue of wisdom discussed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appears in a surah called Surah Luqman. Luqman alayhi salam, now Luqman is a common name that we hear from time to time. But who was this Luqman that appears in the quran Kareem? And the surah is named after him. Scholars say that he wasn't a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but rather he was a wise person imbued and given wisdom and that entire surah much of it at least 70 percent of it from the beginning is devoted towards a conversation that he has with his son he doesn't have this conversation with his stranger he doesn't have the con this conversation with those who follow him or as we would say his constituents he has this conversation with the most dearest person in his life by way of worldly existence and that is his own flesh and blood and his son. Now first of all, before we even go and delve into the conversation why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls him the wise, we can take a moment to reflect the fact that a man is having a conversation with his son and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about it, not once, not twice, but many times in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, surely there is some sort of a subtle reference and subtle guideline unto us who are the readers of the Qur'an. Because if you see something taking place in the Qur'an by way of practicality, any engagement, it's actually a message unto us. So where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, here you have a man who's respected in the community, but he's still talking to his son, he's still talking to his child. It is a subtle message unto the reader of the Qur'an Kareem that this is an activity that you must be engaged in. This is an activity that you cannot consider yourself to be too high or too, what's the right word, stoic, that you shy away from.
that you must also engage in this because the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and even though the child and the son is no ordinary son at the same time, he's still engaged in it by way of good and sound advice. So Luqman alayhi salatu was salam coming back to his discussion. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ أَتَيْنَا that we gave Luqman wisdom and then immediately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Anishkur lillah. That the very evidence that we have given him wisdom was the fact that he was grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now this is the definition. The gratitude that a person shows to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an immediate sign of his wisdom. There's evidences all around us for different things that happen. How do you know that it rained last night? The floor is wet, the ground is wet, your car is wet. The post box is wet, so obviously it rained. There was some precipitation last night. How do you know somebody didn't rock up for work? His name is not there inside the book. Hasn't signed in. No jacket, no anything. Obviously he's missing. He, you can't see him. It could be maybe hit or miss, but there's evidence of the fellow not being there. How do you know that a person is wise according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Anishkur lillah. The fact that he was ever grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he continued to make the hamd and the praises of Allah, this was evident that he was a wise man. And here we find the true genuine definition of wisdom. That if you want to know who is a wise person, how grateful is that person when it comes to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him or her for that matter? Are they showing gratitude? And the best form of gratitude is to use what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you in the correct and in the appropriate way. And the highest form of ingratitude is to use what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you in a way that is contrary to his desire, his will, and his amr and his command. That is a sign of ingratitude that a person shows to Allah. So people look for wisdom and this is the first evidence and this is the first sign. That a person comes and says, Mawlana, listen here, you know what? I want, to, I want to identify a wise man in my family that I can make mashwara and consult with. I, I want a, a wise man in the community that I can now fall back on and lean and ask for advice. There is no magnifying glass to look in the heart of any man to see whether he's wise or unwise or whether he's smart or clever or what is the intentions of anybody. A magnifying glass has not existed. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there are some signs that you could look for and here is sign number one. Anishkur lillah. The fact that he was grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an indication of the wisdom of the man. Continuing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that on one occasion, Luqman alayhi salatu wa salam qala He tells his dear son, that oh my dear son, la tushrik billah. Do not ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything. Do not become a mushrik. Do not ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout your entire life. You know what he was referring to? Here you have a son who's growing up in the prophetic household, who's engaging and interacting with his father. It is far-fetched that he now bows down in front of an idol or ascribes partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any visible way. But the shirk and the, and the partnership that he is referring to over here as a primary is correct your niyat and your intention. Well, he tells his son, 
Do not ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is his code message to his son that do not under any circumstances do anything unless you're doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you are standing up on the musalla and you are doing it for name and fame and show, that you want the world to see you, what is that? You will not be regarded as a mushrik, as a person who has ascribed partners to Allah in the visible sense. But it is a form of shirk. It is known as the hidden shirk. Shirkul khafi, as the ulama say. The hidden type of disbelief. That you will not be rendered a disbeliever. But it eats away at the iman of a person. Because the niyat and the intention of a person is not genuine. So what he's telling his son here. is he that son, whatever you do. Correct your niyat. Correct your intention. How wise a message is that? For any walk of life. But the son, alhamdulillah, has been given a car. He's been given the keys to the family business. Because dad at the ripe old age has now realized I need some me time. Myself and the missus need to see the world a little bit. So therefore you are wise and you are strong enough to now at least last for a couple of months without relying on us. Here's the keys. But do we remind them your niyats? Why are you holding this in your hand? Is it simply for you to earn name and fame and money? It is simply for you to gain an accolade in this dunya, in this world. Because the same people who may allow you to bask in their glory and in their brand, tomorrow will come and take it away if you're no longer useful to them. If you're no longer useful to them, they will be the first person to make you bolt from the place where they put you inside. That is the system of this dunya. Do we remind them, correct your niyat, correct your intention, that you are here, this is your wedding day. You, alhamdulillah, but all means you need to be happy. It's not, your, it's not a funeral. You, you need to be happy ultimately. It's your wedding day at the end of the day. But your niyat, your intention... Why are you bringing this bride inside your household? Why have you created this in-law relationships with these people? Is it simply to benefit from their dunya, from their world? Or have you got higher aspirations? Because if your aspirations and your intention is correct, as he is telling his son, do not ascribe partners with Allah, then whatever is the dunya that is meant for you will come to you. Whatever network and contacts you hope will come through them, it will come, automatically it will come. But then that relationship will be a source of reward because your intention was genuine. That you held the keys in, the, in your hand so that the vehicle can take you for salah. So that you could do work that the ummah will now benefit with the same facility that has been afforded to you. You, alhamdulillah, through the medium of this wife, of this woman, your intention is to bring good dhuriya and good offspring into this dunya, into this world. This is what he is telling his son, that you ever beware of ascribing partners to Allah in the sense that when you stand up to do something rectify the reason why you are doing it and if every person gets this right if every individual in their capacity teaches it and implements it then it will be very difficult to do wrong because you can only make a correct and a right niyat if the amal and the action is right to begin with Let's say the amal, the action is wrong. Can you ever expect a person to now say, I'm doing it for the right? There is no right reason if the action is wrong. And if this is demanded of every person, that son, you are going to school, what is the niyat, what is the intention? At the, at the onset, 
that intention was khair and that intention was good, then even in the environment of that school, in the environment of that conference where they are now attending, because the niyat and the intention was good, when everything else which is haram comes beckoning to them, because it will come beckoning to them. They will see this young man as a single individual traveling somewhere with no commitments whatsoever. They will identify him as a young man with some money in his pocket that has got passion and desire that he needs to expend it in some way. They will know very well. So they will come knocking on his door. Shaitan will come knocking on his door. But if before he left, the intention was corrected. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will preserve that individual with his permission. Rasulullah showed this when he bid Sayyidina Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu anhu farewell on his way to Yemen. Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu anhu was the Imam of Quba Masjid, same Quba Masjid in Madinatul Munawwara during the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Two or three masajid used to be running parallel because the communities were spaced all over. So you had the main Masjid al-Nabawi out in Madinatul Munawwara, then you had Quba, then you had Qiblatain, you had a few other Musallas and Masajid, all of them serving their respective communities. Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu anh, was a very young Sahabi of Rasulullah sallam. And even though he was young, Rasulullah sallam, tells the Sahaba in his time that if you want to know, A'lam, the most knowledgeable person, bil halal wal haram, who knows the difference between halal and haram, who knows the legal rulings between what is permissible and impermissible, go and ask Muaz bin Jabal. Muaz bin Jabal radiallahu anh, was the Imam of Quba Masjid. And even on occasions where Rasulullah had to rectify him, because he was a very passionate individual, what he used to do is he used to come during the daytime to Masjid al Nabawi. And then at night he used to go and lead his community because they would be working people so you'll only see the Maghrib Isha time towards the evening and the daytime generally the place was free and he was more free also for that point in time. So when he would stand up for Isha Salah in particular, he would lengthen the Salah, make it very long because he was full of time and he full of passion and he had a beautiful voice at the same time. People used to come from far and wide to listen to him. But not everybody obviously is appreciative on a working day of a long, long salah. Rasulullah was sensitive about this, saying that, you know what, you have to watch the time. You have to know who's in your community. And he would even say it in a very, you know, softer way, wherein he would tell the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, that sometimes, uridu an utawil, I intend to lengthen the salah. But I hear the crying of a baby. Because a lady had come to the masjid to perform her salah, now the baby is troubling. And she's in her salah behind Nabi sallallahu She's following the imam. But I hear the crying of that baby, فَأُقَصِّرْ I make the salah short, so that I do not give taklif and harm to that child. Then he would tell, and the mother of course, and the musallis of course. And then he would tell the people, that when a person is reading for himself, you can lengthen how long you want to. Nobody cares. You can extend the whole night if you wish. But when you are performing salah for the people, then you keep within certain perimeters and even show those perimeters. Before those perimeters were shown, Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu anh, because he was a passionate individual, used to extend his salah, especially Isha salah. And one person comes and complains to Rasulullah sallam. Rasulullah sallam calls him, Malaka ya Mu'az, what is your matter, O Mu'az? That do you not know that the people who you are leading are all farmers? That they come from their fields at sunset, they're absolutely tired, and you are lengthening the Isha Salah right till half the night? Right? Where are these people going to rest? 
and he would tell Muaz, you shorten your salah, and he would advise him, and this is the advice we receive as being a co-imam, the imamate of Muaz bin Jabal, who the senior, Rasulullah used to continue to advise him. When Yemen was brought under Muslim dominion and control, Rasulullah called Muaz bin Jabal and told him that, Ya Muaz, this, as he was leading him out, he tells him that, Ya Muaz, that I give you some advice. But before I start that advice, I want to tell you one thing. The next time you are going to come to Medina, it is perhaps you are going to pass on my grave. I'm not going to be around. Muaz immediately understands that this is the last meeting. If he is talking in this particular way and angle, it means that he's bidding me farewell. And then he tells Muaz bin Jabal that do not get off your, off your animal as I'm speaking. Because I fear that your love for me will keep you on the ground and you won't go on the mission that you intended to go. So I will talk, I will lead you along, but you look ahead. Because this is the last meeting, so just look ahead, do the task ahead of you and carry on moving. It should not be that even your love for me should stop you on the task that I'm sending you in that particular direction. Because that is my important commandment that I'm now giving you. And what does he tell Muaz bin Jabal radiallahu anh? Iyaka, you beware and your intention and your niyat. That even if you are the leader of those people, wherever you are going, if you are to admonish them for whatever reason, do you have the right niyat and intention to admonish them and to scold them? Because if you are admonishing them, and even if you are punishing anybody, and if your niyat, your intention is ghadab and anger, no khair and no good will come out of there. But if you are angry currently, Ya Muaz, tell the person to come the next day. And if you are still angry, tell him to come on the second day or the third day so that when you address his situation, you are able to have a clear distinction between your emotion, whether it is anger, whatever it is, and your niyat, your intention, so that there'll be khair in whatever you do. What a great advice for anybody for that matter, under any task, that your intention, are you being motivated because you're angry? Are you motivated because you're hungry? Are you motivated because you broke? All these are possible motivations that a man, a person could possibly have in their life. That I need this sale, so therefore I need to do it. And shaitan at that time utilizes the incorrect niyat and intention to now belittle a person and make him a fool. But rather if the intention of that person be that, oh Allah, I seek your sustenance. That, oh Allah, I'm here at this interview, not because I need a job, but because I need your, a means of your sustenance. I'm putting it in your hands. Maybe it's here, maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's in another town, another country for that matter. I don't know. But I'm here because I'm commanded to follow the pathway of seeking my sustenance. Even when a person or if a person lands that particular job, it will be a source of reward for that person because the niyat and the intention was genuine to come inside. Who's saying this Luqman is telling his son? Do not ascribe partners to Allah. Do not do this. Do not commit this type of, you know, of behavior. And in conclusion, he tells his son something else also which is in, in a way majorly related to the attitude and the intention of a person. He tells his son that, listen here son, you're going to meet all types of people in this world. 
All types of people. You'll meet the highty tighty, the mighty. You'll meet the vulnerable. You'll meet the downtrodden. Everybody will, the, the crook, the saint, the sinner, all of them are going to come your way should you live a decent life. But do one thing. Do not turn your cheek away from the people. What does that mean? Give everybody their due attention because they insan their human beings. Whether that person is a saint or whether that person is a sinner. Whether that person is even a crook that you know that he's coming here to swindle and he wants to swindle me. Give him your full attention, not because he is whatever he is, but because you are insan and he's insan at the end of the day. Be a humble individual, not for him. It may not benefit him in any way, but that humility will benefit you. That humility will benefit you. You make it about yourself. Not everything about him, but it is also about yourself. So this is your attitude. Don't turn your cheek away from people. Means do not have the, the attitude that I'll ignore all and sundry. I'll only hang around with a certain community or clique of the people. And this person here, I don't know him, so I'll look the other way. And be, beyond the proverbial greeting or salam, I don't know him, he doesn't know me. He tells his son, don't be such a type of person, but rather give everybody your face. Because even from the swindler also, who knows there may be one lesson that he never learned in his own life, but he has it inside him, you pick it up and you benefit from that lesson, but he didn't benefit from his own lesson. It happens like that. How many a teacher there is, taught very well, never benefited from his own knowledge, but the student went far, far away, far, far ahead. So even the crook sometimes can teach a person a thing or two. He may not have benefited, but the individual who was a keen listener could have possibly benefited. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq. My respected friends, before we conclude, in the next few days, in the next few weeks, we are about to enter the important month of Rabiul Awal. Rabiul Awal, that's not now, in a few days' time, inshallah. Rabiul Awal is associated with the birth and the passing of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And alhamdulillah, when it comes to these occasions or, or these commemorations, for example, Eid, Ramadan, the month of Rabiul Awal, Muharram, Rajab, what we do, alhamdulillah, is that our behavior is in conformity to the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and what was dedicated and designed and shown to us by our scholars and by our elders. What is observed from them is that read the seerah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Recite salutations upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Use the opportunity to explain to the people the miraculous birth and the rahmah and the mercy that descended unto this world when Rasulullah was born and also revise the, the, the lessons that Rasulullah revived when he passed away, which was also in the same month as well. Allah ta'ala grant us tawfiq wa akhir ta'ala. Alhamdulillah.
الحمد لله الحمد لله القائل بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وادعوا الى سبيل ربك بالحكمه والموعظه الحسنه فنحمد حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمد الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكر الشاكرون وصلى الله على النبي وصلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم دائمتين متلازمتين الى يوم يجمع الاولون والاخرون اما بعد فيا ايها الناس اوصيكم بنفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون ويقول الله عز وجل كنتم خير امه اخرجت للناس تامرون بالمعروف وتنهون عن المنكر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من راى منكم منكرا فليغير بيده فان لم يستدف بلسانه وان لم يستدف بقلبه وذلك اضعف الايمان او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام هذا وحثكم على طاعه الله وطاعه رسوله ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد خسر وغوى واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه فيا فوز المستغفرين ويا نجاه التائبين الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونربي وتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعه من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصيه ما فانه لا يضر الا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى واشد في امر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى واصدق حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى واقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمه سيد نساء اهل الجنه والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب اهل الجنه وحمزه اسد الله واسد رسوله اللهم اغفر العباس وولده مغفره ظاهره وباطنه لا تغادر ذم وعن كل الصحابه اجمعين الله الله في اصحابي لا تتخذوا غرضا من بعدي فمن احبهم فبحب احبهم ومن ابغضهم فبب بغضي ابغضهم وخير امتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من الفعل والقول والعمل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وذو يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى وعز وجل وتم واكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون اقم الصلاه اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله لا اله الا الله يا على صلاحي على صلاحي على الفلاح يا على الفلاح 
please make your sufuf as straight as possible do not leave any gap Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu Wa Iyaka Nasta'een Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqeem Sirat Al-Ladheena An'amta Alayhim غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين أرأيت الذي يكذب بالدين فذلك الذي يدعو اليتيم ولا يحض على طعام المسكين فويل للمصلين الذين هم عن صلاتهم ساهون الذين هم يراءون ويمنعون الماعون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوم عليهم ولا الضالين قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله الرحمن الرحيم رب خير وانت خير الرحيمين الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة المتقين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين ربنا تنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا ذاب النار اللهم عنا لذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والأفاف والغناء اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم حاسبنا حساب يسيرا اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب الفعف عنا يا كريم اللهم ارزقنا الصلاح والتقاه يا رحم الراحمين ربناتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا ذاب النار سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يسفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين